I think they're a mix of calm and crazy. They're just fun. They're like a married couple. They're hilarious. SAFM Breakfast. We're back and soda. Start listening. <laughs> Welcome along to the podcast. It's been a big day. Um, have you been doing some moonlighting today? Moonlighting, a side hustle. Well, I'm just looking because you actually look like you've come dressed in scrubs, like uh, you've been perhaps working in a hospital. What, do you, what is this outfit? It's I love quite interesting. This. I love Mr. Shorts, T-shirts and thongs every mm. day. When I try and change things up, I'm wearing a shirt dress. And now you've pointed it out. <laughs> yeah. The it, colour, the blue colour is probably the colour of scrubs. Yeah, well, Before. the material is the material of scrubs <laughs> too. Um, Dr Morse, what did you plan on operating on today? What, what did you get done? I am going to um, conduct brain surgery on you to see if I can find anything between your ears. How's that? <laughs> He's antsy as well, aren't you? Exploratory surgery. Oh, all right, okay. See if there's anything in there, Dr. Okay. Morse. Okay, McDreamy or oh, McSteamy or whoever you are today. <laughs> Meredith Grey. <laughs> Tell you one thing, though. I do think the doctors do a couple more buttons up because you're revealing a little more than oh. perhaps you should. Oh, that's just a little treat. Oh, that's just a little treat. How, how lucky we are. Please, can I have the general anaesthetic now? Let's get into the podcast. This is SAFM's Beck and Soda. Oh, what have you got, your little bandit on your finger? What have you done to yourself, doll? I've done myself a little mischief last night. Uh, I've taken the knife. I've bought a whole new set of knives. Oh. Um, I'm very, very excited about kitchen knives. So, you know, like, I think they're Fury or one of those sort of brands. Mm. And you know how sharp they are. You could drop a piece of paper on the knives and it just oh, split you, over them. Is this like a Demtel no. direct purchase or something? No, 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 no. But exactly those sort of things, but really good. You know, half a dozen knives in the knife block. And if I held the knife up and threw tomatoes at it, the tomatoes would mm, split yeah. in the air and mm. I'd look like a ninja warrior. Mm. <laughs> anyway, I had the, the big knife out last night. Big and boy. I, it was actually yesterday afternoon. And I was doing my meal prep for the week. And what I did was... <laughs> Slice straight through the finger. Did not realise, you know, it went through so quick. And then I looked down and there was blood all over my chicken fillets. Oh, no. Were they going to go in your bra? No, they were essentially um, going in a a nice sort of southern taco. So we're we're rolling that back. Yeah, wine back. We just just skipped over the fact you're doing meal Meal prep. prep. Who are you? (laughs) Who am I? Oh, like, um, how far in advance are we prepping? Gabrielle Ghetto of the week. You don't get me through. Uh, public holiday on Friday. There's a lot of stuff coming up. So I just made sure that uh, there's probably, you know, 10, 10 nights worth of meals frozen in the freezer just in case something comes up. Well, see, I... Um I have friends who are on a Sunday night will post mm. on their stories, meal prep for the week, oh, including I- school lunches, and a little bit of me... Deeply resents them. <laughs> Can I add though? I didn't post anything. Hey. I didn't post. Well, then the how thing. do you know you did your meal yeah. prep? And you didn't yeah. upload it because I've nearly taken the top of my finger off, <laughs> and I think it's actually worth a few stitches. But I didn't have mm. any band aids at home, so I've had a baby wipe wrapped around my finger with a rubber band holding the baby wipe oh in place God. since yesterday afternoon. You're such a hero. I know. Um, anyway, there's some uh, beautiful uh, sort of southern chicken. There's um, southern chicken with a side of. Blood. The side of blood. Extra iron and yeah. protein. But when I looked, there was so much blood in the chicken ah. fillets, it looked like I'd been sort of hacking away and down yeah, the farm. Right. Okay. Ah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Some chili con carne, mm. made some uh, spaghetti bolognese. Any vegetarian options? It, Did you, I'm I, not I've expecting some, any visitors. I've got some great tofu recipes I can oh. share. With you. <laughs> Mate, I nearly had a finger food recipe. That was about it. Don't worry about your tofu. SAFM's Beck and Soda. 
It's a happy birthday today for one of your favourites. Absolutely. Um, you know the song? Right. How many times you've been at a party or a pub and put arms oh. around everyone? So good, so good, so good. Neil Diamond, 83 um, years young the today. The kids all play it at 18th and stuff. Yeah. It's still alive. I think it's a new film, a uh, new song. Uh, yeah, 83 years, Neil Diamond. You ever seen him in concert? Uh, once. I went with mum and dad when he came to Adelaide a few years ago. He wasn't moving much around the stage. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think he's not in the best of shape Oh, well, moment, I don't think he Neil. was at the time. No, but uh, good, good. Honey. What a yeah, great song. My mum and dad love Neil Diamond. I can still remember when I was little. For Christmas, my dad bought my mum this Neil Diamond cassette with Barbara Streisand, You Don't Bring Me Flowers. Oh. And guess what my mum bought my dad? The same Same cassette. Thing. They exchanged oh, gifts and it was the same oh, present. that's so cute. Yeah. cute. That's it, I can still remember that vividly. Uh, but I've grown up just listening to Neil Diamond my whole life. Have you grown up, though? Parents just smashing it <laughs> over and over and over again. So, happy birthday, Neil. Um, was he wearing his leather pants at all of the concerts? Many times in the earlier days, but not so much. I think it was just normally the walking stick in the frame in oh. the more recent ones. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. But, no, we wish him all the best at 83 yeah, yeah. years old. There'd be a bit of chafing in a leather pant with a bit of sweat. You get on the leather pants occasionally? Not a leather pant girl. No. You never had a pair? No. I feel like that ship has sailed for me. No, I don't have a... (laughs) Birthdays and anniversaries, the chaps. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Okay, there you go. That's something to think about. little treat for later. (laughs) For who? This is SAFM's Beck and Soda. SAFM's Cruel Summer Games at Beck and Soda's Pool Party. Register to play at safm.com.au. Still time to register and get along to the Playford Aquadome. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Uh, school holidays starting to wrap up now, so it'll be a good chance to get the kids out just to run amok. We'll be down there broadcasting. Uh, but importantly, we do have our Cruel Summer Games with a, well, it's a money can't buy prize right now. You go interstate accommodation and you will go to a wonderful, wonderful event which we legally cannot tell you about at the moment. But to win that prize, you need to... Well, it's essentially survival of Mm. the fittest slash strongest slash toughest unit tomorrow. We had a brainstorming meeting to come up with the games and can I say... You're a bit of a sadist. Mm. You wanted people to see how long they could hold their breath underwater. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we've got a version of it. Yeah, don't worry. We've had um, risk management done and so forth. Look, holding your breath will be very, very important. We are at the Aquadome, so yeah. there will be water involved. Mm. A little bit of strength using your Ooh, body yeah. strength. Um, there's a whole range of different activities to test your metal and also psychologically. Mm. If you can last, the last person standing, I'll tell you, you will be so, so popular. You will have the chance to take someone with you and go and have the time of your life. We also, in this meeting, practiced set a clock on who could hold their breath the longest. You and I were the last two people standing. Mm. I got to a minute, mm. and I thought you were going to hold on for all day. Well, it's one of those things, <laughs> particularly if you do it underwater. Um, do you, like some people can hold their breath for minutes at a time. Mm. Um, it's, a, it's a tough thing to do, but that will be all part of the challenges tomorrow. Yeah, look, call me old-fashioned, but I like to breathe. Well, <laughs> many people alive. do. <laughs> yeah. um, but safm.com.au, opportunities yeah. are still there. Bring the kids along and have a wonderful morning. We'll be there, I think, from 7 till 10. Absolutely. Broadcasting. Yeah. There'll be lifesavers. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you won't hurt yourself. SAFM's Beck and Soda. Got a secret. Can you keep it? 
Beck and Soda. Secrets of the suburbs. Untold secrets. Unbelievably true. Only on SAFM. If you have a secret, we will pay you yeah. to tell us and you can remain anonymous. Mm-hmm. This secret coming up uh, well, involves a mother-in-law. Some good, some bad. Uh, this one is a future mother-in-law, I think, that is questionable. Good morning, anonymous. Uh, how you doing? Um, tell us, what is your story? Okay, so my secret is about 14 years ago, me and my fiancé were due to get married um, and my mother-in-law was coming from England for the wedding. And we just moved into a new house. We had no money and we hadn't furnished a room, so we needed a bed for her. We're having this discussion one day in the car. We need to spend out some money on a bed because she's going to be here soon. And then we drive past the mattress on the side of the road. And we thought, oh, yeah, that'll work. So we got out of the car, folded it up, got it in the back of the car, um, got home, flung it on the floor, and that was her mattress for two weeks. Um, we kept calling it the Hard Waste Hotel. Um, she had no idea. And it worked. And then when we were done with it and she went back home, we took it back to the house we found it from and chucked it back on the curbside. Oh, hard waste hotel. <laughs> I love that. Um, can you just describe the state of the mattress when you saw it on the side of the road? Oh, it was a bit stained and, yeah, propped up with some few garden tools and things like that. It wasn't very nice. It looked like it was supposed to be white and it wasn't white anymore. It had grey patches on it, a bit torn, and it folded up to go in the boot. Mattresses shouldn't fold. <laughs> I wouldn't have slept on it. So, did you not like your future mother-in-law? Uh, I just didn't like her enough to buy a new bed for her, I suppose. <laughs> Obviously, you've got this dilemma you've got to solve, and you just happen to be driving past, you see the hard rubbish. I mean, you must have thought all your Christmases come at once. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. We had no money, so, yeah, it was a, it was a good option at the time, and it worked. <laughs> so, essentially, you just put the sheet over the top, and yep. she had no idea... No, no, she didn't complain either. So, yeah, we just had a few sneakers and called it the Hard Waste Hotel, yeah. Okay, so this is your future mother-in-law, but it's your partner's mum. Didn't he feel a bit bad making his mum sleep on it? Nah, he joined in and he was fine with it as well. <laughs> that is brilliant. And she never suspected? Nah, she didn't know a thing, no. Nah. How long did you keep that secret? 12 years. Right. I'm, I'm just getting the indication here, Anonymous, that it doesn't really burden you. You actually get much joy in reliving this story. Whenever we think about it, we just crack up in tears. Like It's so funny. If it happened to me, I wouldn't find it funny, but yeah, it was brilliant. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing your secret. No worries. Thank you. Got a secret. Beck and Soda. Secrets of the suburbs. Share your secret at safm.com.au. Um, you know, I think it's really funny when you know you're in on something and the other person doesn't know and you sit there and really enjoy it. <laughs> Can you imagine the breakfast table? Good sleep last night, <laughs> How was that? Comfy mattress. I used to share a house with, there were five guys in the house. Oh, dear. Okay, oh gosh, that was smelt. frightening in our <laughs> 20s. It was a filthy place. Anyway, one of them had some dubious habits with the shared drinks and food. He'd always swig out of the bottle of our Coca-Cola and something like that. So we sabotaged the bottle and the Coke and everyone was in on it bar him. And when he walked in after cricket training one day, he grabbed the bottle and was swigging it and all of us were sitting there just... What'd in... you put in there? No, I'm just saying we sabotaged the bottle. I don't think we need to go any further than that. But we had so much joy watching him swig out of that. Fortunately, what? he didn't end up in hospital, but there was every chance he might oh, have. Oh, boys are... Oh. 
This is SAFM's Beck and Soda. Hey, Beck, we're just uh, looking at our secrets of the suburbs and about the anonymous person who found a mattress, a filthy, soiled, disgusting, festering mattress in hard rubbish, took it home, uh, put a sheet over it and made her mother-in-law sleep on it with much, much, much joy. Couldn't afford a mattress. I love it. Um, Kev's giving us a buzz, Kev from Elizabeth. Uh, Kev, we're talking about hard rubbish, mate. Uh, You've called in. You are quite the collector. Yeah, mate. I've got two and a half bedrooms full of stuff. What, what that you've picked up yourself? Yeah, because I do um, rubbish removal for a living. So, yeah, I've found nine-carat gold necklaces. I've got nine-carat gold and 14-carat gold engagement rings, um, little old yo-yos, some hundred-year-old stuff as well. What, so what sort of money are some of these things worth? Oh, well, some of these rings are probably five, six grand each. What? And people are dumping them on the side of the road? No, they're paying me to take it. Oh, uh, right. So you got two and a half bedrooms worth of stuff, Kev. Do you ever, do you, do you sell that or for? Yeah, 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 I sell most of it on marketplace. And you've made some decent coin. Oh yeah. Right. So, Kev, can I ask? You know, if you, you're picking up the stuff, if people have called you to do it, or you know, they've hard rubbish from the council, where are the best areas if people are sort of having a look around? What suburbs? Um. It's it's everywhere. It's all just hit and miss. Yeah, right. Mm. Right, so people genuinely throwing out really cool, expensive stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've even brought in 100-year-old dinner sets, um, an old telephone, probably 100 years old. Yeah, right. Old bottles of port. Oh, brilliant. Good on you, Kev. Sounds like you've got a nice little business going there. Oh, yeah, I've been going 12 years now. Good, Good on you, buddy. Kev. Nice work. There you go. What about that? I'd love to know if you, if you mm. found something just fantastic, mm. something rare. It's almost like an antiques roadshow, isn't it? You go, <laughs> Look at this old cup. Or, Kev's a collector, or is he a hoarder? <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Kev. If you have found something mm. awesome, give us a ring, 131060. If you picked up a painting on the side of the road and gone, look at this piece of crap, and mm. it ends up being a masterpiece. I've come close. I've seen a few pieces of furniture on the side of the road that I've gone, mm, wouldn't mind. I could give that a lick of paint. Yeah, you have? You haven't done it, though? Well... No, I reckon I, yeah, I did once. I did. I found an old cane chair yeah, right. and took her home. It's some good gear it's out just, there. It's just the shame of pulling over. What do you mean the no shame? No shame. Don't have shame. No shame, shame job. No, it's fine. <laughs> Go under the cover of darkness. <laughs> Go for it. SAFM's Beck and Soda. Well, I've hardly banged on about it at all, but over the Christmas break, we had a family holiday to Japan to bring our middle child, Miller, home from her exchange. Yeah, and did she love Japan? She loved it, uh, and we thought it was a good experience because we'd never been over there to yeah. um, to tour and have a, a travel guide in Miller who speaks a little bit of the language, which was great. Language, okay. Currency, I had some issues with. So mm. the exchange rate, 97 Australian cents, yep. is 100 yen. So pretty easy. You round okay. up to basically a dollar is 100 yen. Right. Can I ask, then, in terms for a can of Coke here at the shops is what? Two bucks? Three bucks? Yeah. Well, actually, yep. I found groceries and food, like in your 7-Eleven equivalent, actually a little bit cheaper. So you might be paying. Oh, right. Yeah. It, it was, I so, thought it was cheaper over there. Right. So food cheaper? Food is cheaper. What's 
What else? Cars are more expensive? Well, or, I, I know I, you didn't buy I, a I didn't car. Buy but... a, I didn't buy <laughs> no, a Nissan but... while I was over there, man. I'm it wasn't in the market. For a bit I, don't, of I don't. I don't. Like, no, I it... will say that there. Were, I thought the cars on the road. You didn't see a lot of luxury vehicles. Yeah, right. They were more okay. like your suburban runabout. So, so maybe cars are more. Well, hang on, but they make them in there, so they must be cheap. If people were, if <laughs> they people didn't would... expect the conversation to go down this well, road. Well, I'm asking. To be people are contemplating. If people are contemplating going on a trip to Japan, is it super expensive for Aussies? Okay. Accommodation was overpriced, I thought, but uh, but food was cheaper. Right, so it would be an expensive holiday or a cheap. The airfares were super expensive because we went in peak time. Mm-hmm. So no, it wasn't. It wasn't a cheap holiday. Okay, so go to Bali instead if you want to save money. <laughs> so, Is that what you're trying to get to? <laughs> no, I'm trying to get to what I got ripped off on. Well, no, I didn't get ripped off. I miscalculated. So you know how. I think I'm speaking to the wrong person. There's a really strong trend in fashion right now. You're speaking to the wrong person. <laughs> but there are many people listening who could be the right people. Of bows. The girls and the girl mums out there will know that there's a lot of bows in fashion. Oh, yeah, bows. Not a well, yeah, but more, more in your in the hair. Yeah, you so are. So anyway, to the I wrong walked person. past this little shop and there was this beautiful hairband and it had a bow on it, a sequined black bow. And I thought, that is absolutely beautiful. I've never seen anything like it in Australia. And I'm visualising me being out and people going, where did you get that bow? And I go, I just picked it up in Tokyo, you know. (laughs) Anyway, the bow was, I thought... $36. $36. Now, you probably yeah. think that sounds like a lot for a bow, but it was a very embellished bow. Yeah, it was it does an sound like a lot. investment piece, cost per wear. I was going to bring on. that baby down. Now, do you just call a bow you're going to stick in your hair an investment piece? <laughs> yes, I did. I don't think you're renting that out the, to a family of three. Things that I can justify. <laughs> anyway, so I've bought it. And so we, the whole time, you basically you move the decimal points back two on every calculation. I'd kind of got my head around that. So. Also, I always had Miller with me to just double check. I was alone on this occasion. I walked out of the department store and I had this really weird feeling of when I'd scanned the card that there was an extra zero. I felt a bit sick. So as soon as I got outside the department store, I sat down and I opened up my banking app Mm. and I was right. The bow on a hairband Mm. was Three hundred and sixty Australian dollars for a hair accessory. I actually thought I was going to vomit. And then I thought it was a really quite a fancy store, and and I just thought, but am let me I? say it was an investment piece. <laughs> yes. I, I wasn't justifying three hundred and sixty for a hair bow. So I thought, and we had a bit of trouble with the language barriers. It was I thought she didn't speak English, so I got out Google Translate, yeah. and I thought, how do I write oh, no. "dumb Aussie can't afford bow" <laughs> or "rip off"? <laughs> so I wrote, um, "Sorry." Um, got the price wrong, refund please. And I went back with my little bag and I just, I was so, I was bright red and I handed the Google Translate over to the woman and her face just fell. She was like, you idiot. Anyway, they refunded the money. I got the money back. But I have no bow. Oh, Oh, dear me. Okay, Rudell from Port Piri, uh, good morning. Uh, Where did you get ripped off? Um, I'll make you feel a little bit better, Beth. You, you got ripped up for a bow, but I paid two hundred dollars for some waffles in Belgium. Oh, <laughs> uh, waffles! What? Yeah, they were really delicious waffles. Um, they probably weren't worth two hundred Australian dollars, but they were really nice. How did that happen? <laughs> um, we just got talking to the guy who made them, and he was talking to us about Australia and how much he loved it, and we just had a great conversation. The waffles were delicious, so we thought we'd give him a twenty dollars tip. And, um, yeah, I kind of miscalculated my heroes as well. So. 
So he got a two hundred dollar tip. You sound like Kerry Packer. <laughs> I think we thought we were celebrities because he was like, "Are you sure? Are you sure?" Wow. Oh my gosh, I'm so grateful. We're like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 it's fine." He's a twenty bucks. Nineteen dollars. Yeah, so good. He's the money. Oh, Rudell, well You remember Kerry Packer? Yeah. I can remember the story where, on a thing, on a couple of occasions. He tipped some waitresses mm. the money to pay for their mortgages. Wow. I think one because she'd been, you know, really nice to him for the evening while he was mm. at the casino. Mm. And the other one because he accidentally bumped into a waitress, spilled a tray of drinks, and so he offered to pay for her mortgage and clear it for spilling oh, the drinks. That's brilliant. That's a tip. Sophia from Lights <laughs> View. Okay, Sophia, um, did you have a bit of a conversion issue when you were overseas? I did, yeah. So backstory made me remember um, when I was in Lake Como last year and my friends and I paid $200 for six oysters. <laughs> oh, um, Sophia. We only, yeah, we only realised once we had eaten them, so unfortunately a refund was not an option. Oh. So in the, that was the actual cost of them because you were in Lake Como? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear! You just couldn't work out how much you were paying when you looked at it. No, we thought we had. We thought we had calculated it correctly. Thought oh. it was a reasonable price, but no, that oh, calculation wow. was definitely wrong. Oh my well god! Well played, Sophia. Isn't that where George Clooney George lives? George Clooney and yeah. Amal live there. Oh, That's live thirty-three dollars <laughs> for one oyster. Wow! <laughs> no, okay. Let's go to the Riverland. Kiara, did you have a currency conversion fail like me? I, I did. We had just spent a month in Europe. We were tired. We were sick. We were lining up. I thought, you know what? I'm going to spoil myself. I'm going to spoil my friend. We're going to go business class. Ooh, Fine. Nice. The lady said, yep, that'll be 2000 In my head, I'm like, great, that's $2,000. Um, <laughs> that's a bargain. And anyway, I've checked my bank account minutes later and I didn't realise the conversion and it was five and a half thousand Australian dollars. Oh, you, you've got you've paid two thousand pounds, haven't you? <gasps> yep. Oh, no. <laughs> so five did, and a half thousand Australian dollars. Did you I drink a bit of a cry, all but... of the champagne? I would have been like, keep that flowing, all yes, flowing. You know, a bit like Ross in Friends. Anything was anything that was grabbable was grabbable. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, God. I could just understand exactly how you feel. Kiara, do you like bows? <laughs> <laughs> this is SAFM's Beck and Soda. Hey, Beck, we live in the best country in the world, and I am very, very, very convinced of that. You've best had the, state in the best country. Yeah, that's true. You, you've had the chance to travel a little bit at different times around the world. When you come back here, how do you feel? Oh, I always feel very, very grateful for our way of life. Um, I taught for a year over in England, and it was really, really scary because these kids were confronted by violence and these just completely different attitudes that we have here. Um, and then another area where that differs greatly is policing. Yep. So what I thought I'd do is uh, this is fascinating to be a police officer in England and then come to Australia and be a police officer mm. and see those differences. It'll make you understand how good we've got it. Sergeant David Mitchell is a man who policed his work over in Yorkshire. He's now living here in Adelaide. He joins us right now. Good morning, mate. Good morning. How are you doing? We are very, very well. Becky and I were just talking about the differences. The one thing that I find quite fascinating is... Police don't carry guns in the UK. Do you feel vulnerable in that role? 
Really, we didn't know any different. Mm. So you really rely on your communication skills. There is a, a, a firearms department who um, can attend incidents of high risk. Yep. Uh, but really, you're relying on your communication skills. And that's why um, you'll find a lot of uh, UK officers over here really good at communicating because they've not got that immediate firearms yeah. ability. What were the most difficult situations that police in the UK would come across? I think the most daunting experiences in the UK is attending football matches. The level of violence far surpasses anything over here. Just the not even um, a showdown. Beck, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been to go and watch soccer or football in the UK? No, right. I have not. It, it is. It is insane. And I it... watched the Beckham documentary. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but essentially, it's like having two gangs, isn't it? They're separated. Yeah, you have to separate the fans, and you've got security or police essentially standing in the aisles between the mm-hmm. fans. Yeah, even though a firearm would not be a tactical option no. within Point. that sort of yeah, crowd. Yeah. But I can say, you know, um, in relation to the most scariest experiences over yeah. there, when you've got a crowd of so many thousand, you know, fans mm. each side of you, you cannot hear anything. Communication is zero. You've yeah, just right. got to rely on your instinct. Yeah. And you're thinking, if this group or any group really kick off, you're in some serious trouble over there. For everyone to understand here, like it's saying, if you've got, you know, Crows fans sitting next to Port fans, that could not happen in the UK, could it? No. Oh, no way. No way. Wow. No yeah. way. Even the journey from the train station to the to the ground yeah. is policed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an escort. It, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be placed. Wow. Yeah. It's just yeah. crazy. We, we don't get it. We, honestly, unless you go and see it, you do not get how intense and, and horrifically violent at times, isn't it? Oh, Between absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- that is their goal to go to a football match to fight. Really? Which ruins everything. Now, David, you also have martial arts training. Have you ever needed to use those skills on the job? There was a particular situation in the UK, uh, like a domestic violence incident. Mm. And it turned out this uh, offender had assaulted his partner and we needed to effect an arrest Mm. within a small kitchen area. So we had three officers in this small kitchen area. Mm. Uh, The offender was, uh, was backed up towards the wall we explained that you know it was an allegation we're gonna have to arrest you Mm. as soon as i said that he lunged towards an open kitchen drawer which Mm. was full of the sharpest knives you could see really so i I can say because of my instinct and martial arts experience i actually kicked that drawer shut obviously my legs longer in his arm wow kicked the door shut just the Cutlery exploded everywhere and just <laughs> turned into a, a melee trying to restrain this offender. Yeah. But I can't imagine what would have occurred if he'd have got hold of that knife. Yeah. Wow. Because he was obviously on drugs, yep. you know, didn't care about police presence. Yeah. Um, so uh, that one time, luckily, I, you know, I had that instinct yep. and I relied on my, um, my training. Why did you come to Australia, Dave? I've got a wife. I uh, my son's twenty six year old now. Yeah. Um, uh, just really for you know a better lifestyle. I, I mm. thought there'd be you know more opportunities for my my son. Um, of course, you've got the sea, the beautiful beaches, yep. uh, the lifestyle. So we decided to give it a try, and you know Saipal made it really easy the transition period. So without ever coming to Australia, South Australia, <laughs> we actually emigrated to the other side of the world. 
And we really had that mindset, we have to make this work. Just yeah. look at the long-term picture. It's going to be hard, uh, you know, leaving your friends and family behind. And but... then you have the language barrier as well. <laughs> <laughs> It's unfortunate your listeners can't see my face. Uh, Bick, Bick's actually asking for subtitles when you came in because he goes, I don't understand a word he said he's from Yorkshire. At least you understand me anyway. So. No regrets about coming here? Oh, absolutely no regrets. Yeah. No, no, no. And being a copper, is it better being a copper here in Adelaide than it is in the UK? Oh, absolutely. As the job? Yeah, absolutely. There are a few changes in procedures. Um, just embrace the changes. Mm. But, I mean, look at the environment. You're policing. Mm. If you're working down, you know, I work at Chris's Beach and mm. I were policing beaches on, you know, Australia Day. How can you beat that? Yeah. <laughs> well, Sergeant David Mitchell, we're very grateful that you chose South Australia to move to and thank you for sharing your oh, story thanks. today. Thanks. Um, Dave, I'm going to explain to Beck everything you said now when you <laughs> left, just so she knows what you were talking about. This is SAFM's Beck and Soda.